0: Today on the Inside Scoop, prediction for Colin Simmons to Texas. Wow. Alabama making a run at flipping Georgia's top commitments. But first, there weren't as many commitments this week. Last week, there were 61 commitments in a 48-hour span. Now, thanks to the Gators, they, they were responsible for much of that. This weekend, though, it started much slower. 15 commitments on Saturday, a total of 47 commitments On Saturday and Sunday, so significantly lower than last weekend. However, I think the reason for this is Most of these top prospects aren't making decisions on a random Sunday. They already have their decision date set. And look, if they're going to commit sometime in the next two to three weeks, then you've made it this far. Why commit on a visit right now? Might as well wait for that announcement ceremony when everybody's tuned in to the live stream or whatever it is. So I'm not saying that this wasn't a big weekend. This was a very big weekend and there were some commitments. So let's start with the big ones. Bryce West, the four-star cornerback out of Glenville High School, committed to Ohio State on Saturday. Michigan had a shot here at the 5'11", 175-pound cornerback, but Ohio State was the favorite. And this weekend, he finally makes it final, committing to the Buckeyes. West is the number six ranked corner in the country and the 56th best player overall. It wasn't the top commitment of the weekend, though. Jarek Gibson, the top-rated back in the state of Florida, committed to Texas. He's the number two running back in the country, 48th best player overall. He committed on his visit, even though Texas had been the longtime favorite, Tennessee, Miami. They're both kind of mentioned as the dark horse. But this weekend, Texas assistant Tashard Choice gets his guy. Jarek Gibson commits to the Longhorns. All right, let's bring on national recruiting analyst Sam Spiegelman and hit on a few more of these big visit weekends. I'm going to go in-depth on Texas with Jerry Hamilton here in a minute and Alabama with Andrew Bone. But Sam, let's talk Tennessee. They had a big visit weekend, and they had two crucial wide receiver targets on campus, Mike Matthews and Amari Jefferson, both priorities. And guess what? Having guys like Nico Amaliava and Jake Merklinger around all weekend didn't hurt either. Sam, what's your opinion on these two? Do you
1: think that Tennessee actually could land both of them? Yeah, well, we already know that Tennessee has long been one of the top few teams with uh, Mike Matthews, we know he's, he's from the Peach State, and, and Tennessee is not too far from home. Josh Heupel has that offense clicking, as we know, last season. And like you said, having Nico around for, uh, for his official visit close to when he makes his decision is, uh, is only going to help the Vols. Now, for with Amari Jefferson, of course, getting him on campus is, is always huge. But really, Mike Matthews has is, is long been their target, and we like where they sit um, closer to a decision.
0: I kind of think they land them both. I have a pick in for Mike Matthews to Tennessee. I feel even better about that pick after coming out of this visit than I did heading in. I don't think Mike Matthews was ever going to decide this weekend. So if you're a Tennessee fan asking me how I can be confident without a commitment, just don't worry. Actually, I think think Alabama, Tennessee actually has a great shot at landing both of these guys. Uh, Let's move on to four-star edge Elijah Rushing. He was in town to visit Tennessee. It looks like Williams Naweri might be fading. We'll get to that here in a minute. Uh Sam, do you think Tennessee did what they needed to do on this visit to get into Elijah Rushing's recruitment?
1: Well, they're they're trying to, right? It might be a little bit too late, but like you said, they might have to shift gears because of something we're gonna to touch on in just a minute, but um it's late. Tennessee has been able to make up ground in the past, but you know, you just have to wonder where Elijah Rushing is in his decision timeline and if their move over this weekend can be sufficient enough to, to keep pace with the other contenders already established.
0: Mm. Another big move by Tennessee was getting offensive tackle Bennett Warren on campus. Tennessee needs a big body on this in this class. And this was Warren's first trip to Knoxville. I think the visit made a big impact. He could be deciding in July. I think Tennessee's a factor here. But Michigan's still trending on the recruiting prediction machine. All right, Danny Okoye, the edge, he, uh, four-star edge. He was on campus for an unofficial visit to Tennessee. You've covered
1: a lot of Danny Okoye's
0: recruitment. Sam, who do you think leads for him right now?
1: Yeah, Tennessee might have a leg up, but LSU and Texas are both really trying to gain ground with one of the top edge in the country out of Oklahoma. Um, He's just been at at both schools. He took an official visit to Austin. He took an unofficial to LSU. He's, He's at the top of both those schools' boards at a primary position. He's not making a decision anytime soon. So Tennessee, like I said, might have a leg up right now, but I think both Texas and LSU are closing ground quickly.
0: Yeah, and I think you said something interesting. He's in no rush to decide, and they brought him in on an unofficial visit, which means Tennessee still has that official visit in their back pocket, And I think that they will use that in the fall and it might be, hey, when it comes down to it, having that official visit in your back pocket could be mightily important. All right, let's move on and talk a little LSU. Five-star wide receiver Cam Coleman showed up in the bayou. Who are the top teams and where do you think LSU stands right now? Are they a major factor for five-star wide receiver Cam Coleman?
1: Yeah, I think the Tigers have been hanging around for, for a long time with the five star wide receiver, but I think that this is the final visit for Cam Coleman in a very busy stretch this June. Mm-hmm. it has been all over the country. I think LSU is actually kind of fading out of the picture after this visit. I think we are the focus kind of moves over Clemson, Auburn, Florida State, and Texas A and M. I about Auburn right now. They've had him on campus the most, including a really good official visit. I think the chances of him staying in-state are extremely high by the end of this, this month.
0: All right. Now, Caden Durham, the number eight running back in the country, 101st ranked player overall. He was back at LSU over the weekend. Now, he was he was been to Oklahoma and the Sooners have been trending post his official visit. What did this visit to LSU mean and where did the Tigers stand with Caden Durham?
1: I think it's been a big pause for Caden Durham. Um, Like you mentioned, he took an official visit to Oklahoma on their biggest recruiting weekend of the summer. They're in a great spot with not only Caden Durham, but Taylor Tatum, the number one running back in the country. And DeMarco Murray is trying to seal the deal with these two elite backs from Texas. Caden Durham made an unofficial visit out to LSU over the weekend. I think, you know, he's been really high on Michigan State and Nebraska and A&M. But I think this is shaping in to be a two team race between the Sooners and the Tigers. Um, and he's saving his official visit for LSU in season. He's not making a decision anytime soon, from what I understand. And I think these two are going to be jockeying it out for the lead back from Duncanville going forward.
0: All right. As LSU tries to fill up that DB class, I want to talk to you about four-star Kai Bates out of the state of Florida. He visited Bama, Tennessee, and FSU in June. He makes a late trip to LSU. What type of impression do you think they made on his recruitment?
1: Yeah, you saw LSU's DB group get a little bit different, uh, a different look over the weekend. They lost a commitment from uh, one of their Peach peach State corners, and it looks like they're kind of going all in on on Kai Bates. They have two DBs left on their board in this cycle, Kai Bates and Wardell Mack, one out of state and one in state. And you're not wrong, getting him on campus at that time, um, that looms really large. This is shaping up to be a a two-team race between LSU and Alabama for one of the best in the Sunshine State. And... LSU there's a lot of confidence in Baton Rouge about their chances with Bates
0: yeah and a lot of confidence also with four-star wide receiver Jelani Watkins he's trending to LSU after his official visit saw Shea Dixon put in a prediction for him to the Tigers he's a 31st ranked wide receiver and 190 overall he while he's trending I feel like there's another big time prospect on LSU's board that's trending away from LSU right now. And that's four-star corner Wardell Mack. He was on campus at Texas over the weekend. Am I wrong here with this feeling? Or do you think that, yeah, LSU does have work
1: to do if they're going to land Wardell Mack? Yeah, you hit it right on the head. LSU has some work to do. I think that at different points in Wardell Mack's recruitment, they've been the leader. Uh, They're one of his early offers, but, you know, things have changed. LSU's DB class is really filling up and, some other schools have really, you know, put their best foot forward with Wardell Mack. Florida and Florida State both got him on campus um, twice in the past three months, and he's set to get back to the Swamp next month for a third visit. Um, and Texas, hey, listen, he, that's two visits to Texas in the past three months. Terry Joseph is from New Orleans. Um, they're, they love the Steel guys out of, Louisiana, out of LSU's backyard from Louisiana. Um, they're really making an impression on Wardell Mack, especially after this official visit.
0: So who do you think right now as it stands, who's the
1: team to beat for Wardell Mack? I think right now all eyes are on the Gators. Um, Wardell Mack is, is, has pushed back his decision timeline. He's not going to be committed before his senior season. Mm-hmm. I do think he'll commit sometime during the season. So that'll keep LSU in play if and when they get him on campus. But right now you have to give the momentum to Corey Raymond and the Gators. Corey Raymond, another native of Louisiana, known for making noise in in the boot, um, has kind of zeroed in on Wardell Mack and shown a lot of interest the last couple of weeks. And he's set to get back to the swamp in a few weeks.
0: The Corey Raymond effect, it's paying off down there in Gainesville. All right, let's head over to Athens for a minute. Georgia had on campus the number one linebacker in the country and the number one defensive lineman in the country, Justin Williams. He was in on an official visit, Williams and Winnery. It was unofficial get to him in a minute i want to talk to you about justin williams you felt very good about where georgia stood heading into the visit now coming out it sounds like oregon or georgia where are you putting your pick at for justin williams
1: pick your poison i'm leaving it on oregon but i don't like you said i don't feel as strong georgia that's again that's two visits in as many months that's kirby smart working with the number one linebacker in the country Um, Having a chance to kind of plug and play into the number one defense in the country that, you know, has turned out number one picks at his position. Um, Listen, that's two visits. You know his teammate Joseph Jonah Ajani was with him on both visits. Um, Jonah Ajani is trending heavily towards the dogs right now. Justin Williams is going to make a decision before his senior season. It's certainly a two-team race between Dan Lanning and Kirby Smart, who, who know each other very, very, very well. All
0: right. Let's talk about Williams Winery, the number one defensive lineman in America. He's a five-star prospect, and he already took his official visit to Georgia earlier in the month of June. And Sam, when he left Georgia, he said that the visit set the bar high. And we all know on the inside scoop that setting the bar high is not something that you want to hear in an early June visit. I've already gone on to tell you why. If you watch the inside scoop, you know. But the fact that Williams-Wanary Went back to Georgia on an unofficial visit, and he did this. This was a brilliant move by Georgia to get him back. He took his official visit to Missouri over the weekend, but made sure that there was enough time to take a Sunday unofficial visit on his own dime. Unofficial visits are on the recruits' own dime. Back to Athens with a short window before the dead period hit. So all of this traveling by williams Winery and this trip to Athens has got to mean something. It means something to me, but Sam, what does all this mean to you? Because I believe you have a williams winnery to oklahoma pick on the recruiting prediction machine.
1: Sure. Um, well, this is, this is redefining what's setting the bar high. They set the bar so high that he wanted to return to Athens to, to cap his summer, right? Williams and Nairi was planning to make a decision before the end of summer. And, and all the Intel suggests that Georgia is making a serious move with the number one defensive lineman in the country that should come to no surprise to anyone who pays attention to the way that Kirby Smart and Trey, Trey Scott recruit, especially at this position where they turn out not only first round picks, but number one overall picks routinely along with obviously their, their push for sec and national championships. And Georgia got Williams, the on campus a few times this spring. They've kind of gone through the motions and getting him on campus and getting him for that first official visit. And we talked about this, Josh. You, you risk a lot by getting that first official visit and not getting a commitment right after because you're going to continue to take other visits and other schools are going to roll out the red carpet. Um, getting back to Athens, all the intel suggests that Georgia and Oklahoma are both battling it out for the elite defensive linemen, uh, Missouri. Uh, You know, Tennessee have hung around for, for a good bit. But like we said earlier, Tennessee is kind of shifting its gears because Georgia is dialing up its efforts with Noary. He's very familiar with Oklahoma. Brent Venables is a defensive line oriented coach. So they're hanging around tough, but I don't feel as strong about the Sooners with the Georgias making the push that they are.
0: Yeah, and Williams-Nawari, he hasn't been completely clear on when exactly a decision is going to come, but I think we feel that it's going to come before his senior season. So as of right now, I mean, are you are you contemplating changing your pick? Are you going to stick with the Sooners or what?
1: Yeah, well, you know, we, we have the the option B of just lowering your confidence level. But listen, <laughs> I like you like you said, um, if there's a long time to go, and there's you know there's there's obviously mixed feelings. Oklahoma has been the team to beat. You can't discount what Brent Venables and Todd Bates and Miguel Chavez do with elite defensive linemen. And if, if all when it's all said and done, I think we're going to look back at Oklahoma's 2024 recruiting class on the defensive line and say that is a really really impressive group that may or may not include Nowari. An and I think we're going to say the same thing about Georgia. So. Between these two teams, he's gonna I, I like the, his chances at ending up at one of these two programs. And I think without a clear uh, timeline on a decision, it could kind of float either direction.
0: Georgia did land a commitment over the weekend that came from three star defensive lineman slash nose tackle, Namdi Agboko. But it wasn't the big news that really Georgia fans wanted to hear from a defensive lineman. They wanted four-star defensive lineman, Joseph Jonah Ajanye. He didn't commit to UG over the weekend, but he is going to announce on July 12th. Sam, what are your sources telling you about where Jonah Ajanye could end up landing?
1: Yeah, very similar to uh, Williams Noery. It's a battle for an elite defensive lineman between Trey Scott and Kirby Smart and Brent Venables and his crew over at Oklahoma. Um, those are the two teams that, that have been fighting it out for Joseph Jonah Ajani. In similar case, Oklahoma kind of built a rapport with Jonah Ajanye for, for much of the spring. He's, he's visited Oklahoma more than any other campus, including the spring game and including that big uh, July 16th Sooner Champion barbecue weekend, which really, I hate to say it set the tone for what happened this weekend. You know, he had, he had said that if, if he felt really strongly about Georgia, which is definitely trending in his recruitment, that he would, he would pull the trigger. Um, he elected not to do that. That means that he still has some, some hold up. That means that Brent Venables and Miguel Chavis are, are still in his ear. Um, Todd Bates is, is still making a factor. It's making it hard on Jonah Ajanye. But in two weeks, we expect some clarity. I could see it go both ways. Um, certainly, I believe it'll come down to the dogs and the Sooners.
0: Well, there was a lot of action in Athens. Dogshq.com is where to go for the full scope of everything that went on. Sam, I want to go talk Texas recruiting. I want to go talk Alabama recruiting. So thanks for stopping by the Inside Scoop. I'm glad we could cover Tennessee, LSU, and Georgia. Whew, what a busy week it's going to be. Appreciate you, Sam. Appreciate you
2: for having me here. Uh, coming in my sophomore year, giving me a chance to be recruited. I just want to say, um, hook i on committing to Texas. <laughs>
0: There it is, the moment Jarrett Gibson committed to Coach Sark and the Texas Longhorns. This was Texas's big visit weekend, and boy, was it big. Five-star edge Colin Simmons was on campus for his official visit, and there was a major development that happened while he was on campus. We're going to talk about it, but first, let's bring on Jerry Hamilton of Inside Texas. Jerry, we just watched it. Running back coach Tashard Choice, he was very precise with his recruiting this cycle, really yeah. only re- recruited two backs the entire cycle. Christian Clark, who we already landed, then Jared Gibson this weekend. What was it about these two backs in Texas's, you know, desire to have them in this class?
3: Yeah, I think uh, a couple of things there. Uh, they they complement each other well. I mean, Christian Clark's going to be a bigger guy. Christian Clark's 5'11 and a half, about 200 now. He's going to be a 220-pound back. Jared Gibson's a stout, put-together, 5'10", 205-pound back right now. Uh, Jared, it's interesting because when you look at him, you would say, okay, Christian Clark is the guy who's going to drop his pads in between the tackles uh, and, and really move chains, right? But Jared Gibson's a tremendous inside-the-tackles runner. He's got really good feet. He's got jump cut, skip cut, uh, and he reads the backers well. I think that's really his strength, and he's going to be able to hide behind those large humans, Sarkeesian and Kyle Flood. Uh, are recruiting but You know, Tashar Choice, I mean, you hit the n- nail on the head. He brought in two running backs for official visits, and he goes two for two. Mm-hmm. He went two for two last year. What Where I think his strength is really is is we've gotten to know him more as a recruiter through all these recruitments. He is unbelievable with kids, but he's better with parents. And if you're Cedric Baxter's family and you're Jarrett Gibson's family and you're sending your kid 1,200 miles away for, for college, uh, you have to have a heck of a lot of trust into shard choice in your position coach and i think that is absolutely a strength as a recruiter
0: yeah i mean choice goes into the state of florida two years in a row landing the number one running back in the sunshine state last year it was cedric baxter jr out of the orlando area this year jerry gibson he's originally from gainesville but he attends img academy what a backfield at texas but Jerry they're not done recruiting explosive players five-star athlete Terry Bussey was on campus now we talked about him last week RPM had him trending heavily toward AM. did Texas make up ground on this visit
3: yeah I, th- I think they I think they did make up ground and what's interesting to me is you know a couple of guys could come off the board Texas way before Terry Bussey makes a decision So while Texas likes Terry Bussey, they like Aaron Hampton too, who's good out of Dangerfield, top Mm -hmm. 150 in the country. He's going to commit, I believe, July 7th. That's Bammer, Texas. Uh, Parker Livingstone, uh, a four star receiver out of Lovejoy, he's more of an outside guy. He's going to commit here in a few days, uh, likely to Texas. Uh, And then Texas is very much in it for Hawaiian Wingo. So while Texas made up ground with Terry Bussey, it remains to be seen how hard and long they push in this recruitment if it goes way into the fall closer to December. We'll have to see if Bussy's timeline changes.
0: Yeah, uh, Jared Gibson wasn't the only commitment from the weekend. They Texas landed a massive big body on the interior of the offensive line. Nate Kibble committed massive athletic interior lineman. But what does this mean for Daniel Cruz? Because you were on the show a couple times saying, Daniel Cruz is one of the most important interior offensive linemen. Is Cruz still in the fold for Texas? You know, absolutely. Texas want uh, Daniel Cruz. Uh,
3: they've really coveted him throughout the process. He's seen as a center Texas. Mm. Kibble's seen as a guard. Uh, by the way, Kibble's 6'3", 3'15", with an 80-inch wingspan. 33 and seven ancient arms. I mean, that is extremely long for an interior player and, a, and one that's 6'3". But yeah, Daniel Cruz, I still think, is trending Texas over Oklahoma. I don't think that recruitment will play out too much longer. Ohio State's probably number three. What's interesting with that is Cruz and Kibble visited A&M the same weekend. Um, and, and Kibble was not gonna make a June official visit to Texas, but he moved up his timeline after that A&M visit. And he set up, he called Texas midweek and said, I want to make an official visit now, moving up my timeline. Texas brought him in, and that ended up being the place for him. So I think him and Cruz actually have a relationship here. I I, I think they're friends. Um, And so Cruz is definitely the number one center on the board for the Horns.
0: All right. Well, that makes a little bit more sense. So one's going to play guard, one's going to play center. Daniel Cruz still a take for Texas. Moving off the edge to the uh, tackle position, Daniel Calhoun, left tackle, was in Austin this week- weekend. He's close with Jerry Gibson, who committed over the weekend. What is, the, what is your sources saying about Daniel Calhoun after this official visit to Texas? I think what's
3: interesting is his host was Kelvin Banks, so the freshman All-American left tackle. So if anybody questions whether Daniel Calhoun's an inside or outside guy for Texas, he's a left tackle for Texas. Uh, Peyton Kirkland also assisted on that. You know, I think it's – I've said before, Josh, this would be the most unlikely win for Texas in recruiting, even since Sark's been there, even more so than Arch and some of the other guys, because Texas right now shouldn't go into Marietta, Georgia, and get a left tackle, premium position guy, top 100 type kid in the country when Georgia's on top of the college football world. His dad started his career at Alabama, then Tennessee's three hours from home. That's not one Texas should win right now. But I think they're running right there with Georgia. I still would pick Georgia until I'm proven wrong. But I, you're right, Daniel Calhoun, Jarrett Gibson, they took three official visits together. That was Georgia, Tennessee, and Texas. They are close. Uh, but really, you know, look, this one, is, it's an interesting recruitment because with Texas going into the SEC, there's no way, I don't care how many offensive linemen Georgia has committed or going to commit. Kirby, And guys like Muschamp and Searles who coached at Texas, they don't want this kid going to Texas before Texas goes to the SEC. Not a premium position left tackle out of Atlanta. It's a fun recruiting battle to follow.
0: Yeah, it will be all the way to the end. Uh, Texas also hosted four IMG Academy recruits. We talked about Jared Gibson. He's the running back that committed, the number two back in the country but what other prospects at IMG did Texas make a move with? I'm talking safety Jordan Johnson, rebel. He was there. Defensive lineman TJ Lindsay and defensive lineman Jaden Jackson.
3: Yeah, I think Jordan Johnson rebel. I've had an RPM in for Texas for a while. I'm going to stick with that until I'm, unless I'm proven wrong. I think Texas did nothing but help themselves. Of course, Jordan Johnson Rebels from Fort Worth and now is at IMG. So he's a Texas kid. The other two are interesting. T.J. Lindsay's out of Bryant, Arkansas. He's going to be uh, going down to IMG July 20th. He, he's new to IMG. I think Texas is right there I, because I think TJ is going to play in the SEC. I know he really likes Jason Taylor at Miami, but I just think he's going to end up in the SEC. And that puts Texas right there with Auburn and Texas A&M. Uh, I think the academic-athletic uh, combination at Texas is is popular within TJ and his family, and that gives Texas a legit shot. Jaden Jackson, to me, is one of the more fascinating recruitments because I think he's a tremendous player, first of all. Um, And, I, you know, he grew up in Brownsburg, Indiana, so 191 miles from campus at Ohio State. That offer was big. Uh, Larry Johnson has had a relationship with him, dating back to camps when the kid was younger. Uh, So on the surface, that should be Ohio State. Uh, And if I was forced to put in an RPM today, I'd probably put it in for Ohio State, but I'm holding off on that. He had a great visit to Texas, Um, you know, to Celia Kana. Uh, Leona Lafau, some of those guys in the last class, I think, are resonated with Jaden Jackson. Jaden's got family in the Houston area. I think yeah, what's interesting is you know he visited Oklahoma midweek before Texas, and it never really got out. I think Oklahoma's in the picture as well. I think those three schools are really out in front of uh, Florida and Miami right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see what happens. I think this one will go. I don't think it'll go much longer in early in July.
0: All right, well, another recruit that Texas probably had ground to make up heading into the visit. I want to check on what is happening after the visit. That's five-star defensive lineman Dominic McKinley, the number one player in the state of Louisiana. Did Texas do enough over the weekend to have a shot at
1: him?
3: Yeah, I think Texas has a shot
0: here. I think the academic-athletic
3: combination, I think in speaking with Dominic and his family at the airport in Austin yesterday Went before they are headed back. I think that combination is pretty good uh, for Texas. I'm not sitting here predicting he's going to Texas. Oklahoma's in it. He really likes Todd Bates, defensive line coach at Oklahoma. He's been up there two or three times. His little brother's part of the recruitment. Obviously, Darius has eight, nine offers, all from the schools he's concerned, uh, Texas, Texas a Oklahoma, uh, all those schools. What is interesting to me about Dominic's uh, – Recruitment though, Josh is. It looks like it has a longer runway. I mean, mm-hmm. he's talking about deciding to at the Under Armour All America game. So this one has a lot of twists and turns left. But is Texas in position to be there in this recruitment? They absolutely are.
0: Yeah, kind of feel that way. If he takes this thing the distance and yeah. he's open at the end, I think Texas maybe gets him back on campus in the fall and and has a shot there. All right, I'm thinking about Texas's secondary class, and you have a pick in for Jordan Johnson Rubel to Texas on the recruiting prediction machine. You have a pick in for five-star corner Kobe Black. You have a pick in for four-star corner Corian Gibson. So my question to you, Jerry, is does Selman Bridges have a spot in Texas secondary if the chips fall the way that you plan on seeing them fall? Yeah, I think he has a spot. I think the question is at some point in the
3: numbers game catches up with the school, right? He has a spot at Texas. He can call and commit today if he wants. But the question is santana wilson committing last week obviously was interesting because he's mm-hmm. a corner adrian wilson uh, nfl executive son longtime nfl safety he's a corner so that does start to get into the numbers game a little bit yeah he has a spot at texas but all these kids aren't going to go to texas it doesn't work that way uh, we've been doing this way too long in texas you know the way bridges is he's an interesting guy because he's six three and a half Plays corner. He's got some versatility so he could see himself at multiple positions. And I think that's kind of what Texas will have to sell a couple of these guys on in this cycle to really load up on if you're going to take six defensive backs. It all has to be pretty much perfectly planned out. Uh, but he's got a
0: spot, but the numbers game is going to catch up to Texas on somebody. Talking about how good this class could be. I mean, if five-star Kobe Black makes it in, just watch out. He was on campus this weekend. Was there any feeling that maybe he was going to end his recruitment? Or what is the timetable moving forward for five-star Kobe Black? Yeah, you know, right now he has a uh, early September official visit set
3: to LSU. He's a midterm graduate, so I don't think this thing's going to December. Um, it wouldn't shock me if he doesn't do something before his season. Um, if he's if he ends up at Texas, I think he does something before the season, right? Um, and it, the interesting thing with his recruitments, we've been trying to f- kind of figure out who's second, who's third, and, and it's it's been very difficult to get that any traction on. He visited Oklahoma, he's visited Ohio State, and now Texas. I think Texas is a heavy favorite, um, but I think LSU's probably been the team running second. Uh, LSU's had a couple of defensive backs decommit recently, which I think plays into Wardell Mack, who is also on campus, mm-hmm. and Kobe Black and LSU's pursuit of those guys.
0: Yeah, I forgot about Wardell Mack. Wow. <laughs> there are some really talented players on Texas's DV board. Okay, so there was a handful of commitments, but at some point, quarterback Texas quarterback commitment, Trey Owens, came out and said, not done. So I'm going to put you on the spot here, Jerry, because Texas fans want me to do this. How many silent commitments were there this weekend that Texas is maybe holding back on right now?
3: I think from the last two weekends combined, Joss, the number is six or seven. Whew. I think there's six or seven guys who have told Texas they're coming, um, and I think the month of July will have um, fireworks past the fourth for Texas.
0: Oh. So you think that some of these commitments will leak out over the next two to three weeks? And when I say leak out, I mean they're gonna the recruit's they, gonna announce gonna... it.
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I definitely think so. I think Texas will add probably five to seven guys to the class here in the month of July, if
0: right. not more. That will be big, almost as big as what happened over the weekend. Now, Colin Simmons was on campus, the five-star edge out of Duncanville, Texas. And Jerry, you put in a pick on the recruiting prediction machine for Simmons to go to Texas. I got to ask you. Is it imminent? Is it a gut feeling? Are you making more of a projection here? Like what kind of pick was this for you on Colin Simmons? Yeah, I think Texas is
3: trending in a good direction with Colin Simmons and his mom. I I think there's a lot of uh, positive things with Texas. I think they've done a great job in this recruitment. Um, The one thing going to Duncanville, Josh Island five, six times the last couple of years is every time I got two things from, I'm going to play in the SEC, Mm-hmm. And people around Duckville said he's ended up staying closer home. And I think that's why when Colin was in Nashville, he said at Texas LSU are the top two, right? I know Miami made a strong run at it, uh, but I think Texas has done a really good job in this recruitment. And I think this, this is something interesting with this recruitment. He was hosted by Anthony Hill, John Tay Cook, and Malik Muhammad. Um, Texas has done a great job under Steve Sarkeesian in the Dallas Fort Worth area, an area that Tom Herman and the previous staff struggled in. They have a lot of juice along I-20 right now in recruiting, and those guys grew up together. They play youth football, basketball together. Uh, they run together. They're friends. So when those guys start coming into Texas and they like the experience, Anthony Hill's competing to be a starter as a freshman. John Tay Cook had a big touchdown in the spring game. There's a lot of things there in Texas favor, and I'll, I'll throw one thing out else out. Colin Simmons knows at Texas, he's a premium position guy they haven't landed since sark's been there he can be the alpha at that position and come in and make an impact like kelvin banks did at left tackle am i saying texas is going to sign him over lsu i'm not saying that i do i am predicting texas in a better spot than people think
0: Mm, well what an exciting weekend jerry you guys killed it on inside texas how many views are on that visit thread as it stands this morning
3: I uh, 710,000 and almost 6,000 responses. I mean, if you're not on Inside Texas, hey, if you want to come over there and give me hell, I don't really care, but hey, come on over to Inside Texas. It's a lot of fun. This thread has been a record breaker, that's for sure.
0: It has, and you can thank me for hundreds of those views because uh, I was glued to things. Inside Texas all weekend, Jerry. Appreciate you stopping by the Inside Scoop today. You got it, man. We're talking about the Alabama Crimson Tide coming off their last big visit weekend in June. So let's bring on Bama Online insider Andrew Bone. Get right to it. The Buford boys were on campus. You know who I'm talking about. Five-star teammates KJ Bolden and Edric Houston. Now, coming into this visit, Bama was not considered the favorite heading in. What did you learn about where Bama stands after their time on campus?
2: Well, you know, Beaufort, Obama. I mean, that's what that's kind of been the motto for the last, uh, you know, several months. Alabama's hoping that they can continue that pipeline to Buford. They've had a lot of success there uh, through the last few years, and you know, especially last year when they were able to go in there and uh, and steal Justice Haynes, uh, you know, away from Georgia. So, uh, I think with KJ Bolden and Edrick Houston, these are two guys that Alabama has heavily targeted for a long time. KJ. Got a chance to talk to him after the visit. He says that Alabama is in his top three, uh, you know, heading into uh, heading into July. And you know, Alabama did, you know, kind of what they do. I mean, they make a strong impression on the family. Uh, they make a strong impression on the kids. But I think once you kind of sit down with Nick Saban, you know, go over the game plan for your future, uh, you know, what it can look like in Tuscaloosa, it leaves a very strong impression on these kids. So, you know, that's what Alabama was trying to do this weekend, and I think they were able to do that. So. Going into July, we have Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia really fighting hard for KJ Bolden, and then with Edrick Houston, uh, you know this is a big defensive lineman. He's six foot four, two hundred and seventy-eight pounds. Um, you know a lot of schools see him as an outside edge rusher, but you know he's also you know big enough to be a defensive lineman. You know could potentially grow into a defensive tackle, but I see him more as a defensive end uh, at the college level. And I think going into the visit, Ohio State probably had the edge. Not sure who has the edge right now. I think Alabama made a strong strong statement with him this weekend, and they are really pushing hard. He's been one of their top defensive linemen, uh, defensive line targets throughout the entire recruiting process. They only have one uh, defensive line commitment right now. Now, I do think they could end up with another one uh, as early as this week. But I do think that Alabama is in the running for Edrick Houston, but just not ready to make a prediction just yet. Those are two
0: guys out of Beaufort that Alabama really wants in their recruiting class. Which one of the two would you say right now, Bama has a better shot at?
2: I'd probably go with Edrick, uh, just because defensive line is such a big priority position for Alabama in this class. They only have one defensive line commitment so far. I think they made a you know a really big move with Edrick this weekend. Like I said, not ready to make a prediction just yet, but I think that Alabama certainly has a great chance. It's going to be hard for Alabama to go in and get K.J. Bolden, just because they were able to get the number one and number two player in the state of Georgia in last year's recruiting cycle, including the top safety in the country, uh, Caleb Downs. Now, K.J. did say that he would love to play with Caleb Downs, knowing that he's back there working with him uh, in the secondary, that he you know, hit somebody that he can trust. So. You know, that's gonna be interesting to see if they could potentially pull that off. But uh, Dylan Riola, Georgia quarterback commitment, just recently transferred yeah. into Boston bicycle. So that you know, even if K J and Edric end up uh picking somewhere else he's gonna have dylan in in their ear for the next uh several months until they sign that letter of intent
0: man they got a georgia recruiter right there at buford high school how about that all right let's go on to another group of teammates Uh, the buford boys weren't the only teammates on campus bama hosted modern day teammates running back nathaniel frazier and cornerback zabian brown now i felt heading into the trip that frazier was in a better spot than brown in terms of where alabama stands but does Bama have a real shot at either of these guys right now? You know, as far as the teammates are concerned, I feel
2: like Alabama has a better chance with the Mater day teammates than they may it may have with California. Teammate. Yeah, I mean. I, you look at Mater Day, I mean, that's a school that Alabama's targeted and recruited for a long time. You know, you, you go back to Bryce Young, uh, mm-hmm. signing with Alabama back in that 2020 class. And now they're going after Zabian and Nathaniel Frazier. Frazier visited for the first time back in April, you know, had a lot of great things to say about his trip. I mean, Alabama's really made a him a top priority even though they signed two of the top four running backs in last year's class he still sees an opportunity to g- gain a lot of playing time in tuscaloosa so that's somebody that i think we're watching really closely as we go into july now Xavier brown probably going to be making a decision here really soon yeah i think it comes down between alabama and usc now he also took in a. a an official visit to Ohio State. I think he canceled a visit to Oregon, uh, so it's going to come down to Alabama and USC. And we've seen these battles between uh, Alabama and USC the last few years for kids in the state of California. Uh, I saw it a couple years ago at Mater Day with Damani Jackson, who was leaning towards Alabama at one time, but ends up sticking with his commitment to uh, to USC. So we'll see if that home state pressure is still there, but. Zabian really likes Alabama a lot, and they've made him a major priority, and he's certainly one of the defensive backs that they, they've been uh, pushing hard for in this recruiting class.
0: What a, what a recruitment. You never know. You know. The Buford boys are right there, right next door, but the California group, they have a better shot at landing them at Alabama. Um, let's stay with the uh, theme of twos. There's a pair of UGA commitments on campus, not teammates, not high school teammates but they are both committed to Georgia, Ellis Robinson and Peyton Woodyard, both are defensive backs. Does Alabama have a shot at flipping them? I think they have got a shot at least with one of them. I, I think
2: you know, two of them it's going to be kind of tough yeah. you know, all them just I just don't see them flipping multiple uh, Georgia defensive back commits at this time, but I do think that they can get one with Peyton Woodyard. Now this is a kid who grew up in an Alabama household. His father's originally from Mobile, been a big Alabama fan his whole life. Committed to Georgia early, uh, has visited Georgia, uh, you know, several times, but has made two trips to Alabama this year, and I think he had a great time in, in T town, and he was hosted by Caleb Downs, so spent a lot of time with uh, the former number one safety in the country, and uh, you know, really likes it a lot in Tuscaloosa. I could see him. Uh, possibly flipping down the road. Now, he's taken other officials this month, including Ohio State and USC, uh, as well as Georgia. But I think there's a probably a little bit better chance with Peyton Woodyard. Uh, Ellis Robinson uh, you know, had Alabama and Georgia as his top two yeah. schools before making that decision, has you know expressed uh, that he had a great time in Tuscaloosa. We're going to have an interview with him uh, on Bama online uh, here either today or tomorrow, so uh, be looking forward to that. But uh, I think probably a little bit more of a long shot with Ellis Robinson, but we should see him back in Tuscaloosa this fall. You know, it could get pretty, twi- pretty tight as we get uh, a little bit closer to, uh, to signing day. All
0: right, Bone, Alabama, they recruit the country as good or better than anybody else, any other program, and now they're going international. So explain to me why Alabama is looking for a pass rusher from Canada and a linebacker from Germany.
2: Well, yeah, it's all about camp season. You know, you bring in guys during the camp, uh, you know, there's a lot of guys that are going to come in there and they're going to earn offers. There's some that, you know, they're going to lose their offers. And, you know, Alabama was able to have a few uh, international players on campus this month. Uh, Steve Mbukuo, uh he is a uh, edge rusher who just got offered by Alabama on Sunday. You know, six foot four, 260 pounds. And Alabama, they don't have any edge rushers in their recruiting class right now. They've been looking for uh, at least one, you know, maybe two. And this is a guy that, you know, was really impressive at camp and uh, ends up getting an offer on um, just yesterday. He camped about a week ago and uh, talked to Nick Saban on Sunday and, and got that offer. And then, on uh, on Saturday, Alabama also extended an offer to Justin uh, Okonkoro. He is a linebacker from uh, Germany who is currently committed to Maryland. This is a kid who's six foot three, two hundred and twenty five pounds, and ran a four five four at Alabama's camp uh, this past week. So this was a guy that they were really impressed with. Obviously, I, you know, I think they would like to see him a little bit this fall, see him see him in some game film, but. I don't think they would turn him down at all. He, he called up Nick Saban and wanted to commit uh, right now. That's how impressive he was at the Tides camp last week.
0: You know, Nick Saban did take a vacation a couple weeks ago to Italy. Are we sure that he wasn't also over there recruiting? Right? <laughs> you know, Nick Saban never stops
2: recruiting. I, I, right. I, you're always kind of impra- you know, surprised when he's on vacation or he, he snaps a photo from the lake or something like that. But, you know, that, that man never stopped recruiting. And, you know, we, we were talking to – kids during his Italian vacation and they were all saying, yeah, I talked to coach Saban today. Well, did you know he's in Italy? No, he never even mentioned it. So uh, that guy's always on and, um, you know, he he hardly ever takes a break. So it wouldn't be surprised if he was out there scouting some kids uh, over in Europe.
0: Bone, no major Alabama commitments this weekend, but are things going to heat up on the recruiting trail over the next two to three weeks How many prospects do you think Bama could land before the end of July?
2: Yeah, I mean, I I think that number is going to grow, you know, as we get a little bit closer to July, August. July and August are kind of the times where we see a lot of commitments. I mean, I I think we're probably going to see at least, you know, 10 to 12 guys Make decisions, you know, with Alabama in that top two, top three, you know, maybe even more than that. So we could see Alabama having close to twenty recruits in their class by the time we get to August. So it's going to be a busy, busy month in July. I know a lot of coaches are going on vacation right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that it's the dead period, and uh, you know they've been going kind of nonstop with camp season and official visits. But you know, I talked to uh, I talked to a source yesterday, and they said, listen, you know, it, it might be the dead period, but it's going to be the busiest July that we've ever seen, with with all these kids making decisions. Uh, you know, so many kids have not publicly announced that they're announced that they're going to commit in July, but we already know that they are committing in July. So it's going to be a really big number, and uh, you know, it's going to be interesting kind of watch and see how it all unfolds. Because it's been a busy month with official visits, and you know, we've seen the new uh, the new rule with the unlimited official visits coming into place. But I don't think a lot of kids are are taking advantage of that. Some some are, but a lot of them took their visits in in June and they're gonna be making decisions in June and July. Now, we'll see if they still take visits in the fall like they can, but uh, a lot of them are ready to get this process over with.
0: The dead period is usually the furthest thing from dead. Don't get mistaken by the name of this current period we're in, it is not dead. Andrew Bone, thank you for stopping by the Inside Scoop. Bama Online has a ton of information. I've been on there all weekend checking it out. Thanks again for your time and uh, have fun over the next two to three weeks with all these commitments. I appreciate it. Thank you for watching. Make sure you smash that subscribe button for me and remember to check out all the videos on the On3 YouTube page.